Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Bid DeVoe. This is Julie Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This, this is Invo. This is India Ari. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. It's Father's Day weekend, Juneteenth weekend. On the way, she is Pinky Cole, owner and founder of Slutty Vegan. He is Derek Hayes, owner of Big Dave's Cheese Steaks. Together, they are the latest power couple out of Atlanta. We'll meet them coming up on Cafe Mocha. Angelique, Lonnie Love, Black Music Month. Happy Black yeah. Music Month. Happy Black Music Month. You know, it's always good to show appreciation to our people, you know, that are no longer with us, but also appreciate their music. Um, you know, we lost Miss Tina Turner yeah. uh, recently. And um, you know what I love about her is that she was different. She was one of the only Black rock and roll queens yeah. out there that, you know, actually, you know, dominated. Um, of course, everybody knows her story about Ike and Tina and how she was able to get out of that situation and then had this tremendous comeback in the 80s with uh, what's love got to do with it and um, simply the best and so many other songs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, and that is just it was just wonderful. And then, of course, Angela Bassett played her in the movie What's Love Got to Do With It. And you know what? I think they should do a sequel to What's Love Got to Do With It. Because, with the second part of her story. Yep. That yeah. would be that would be all t- just like awesome, I think. So, you know, we cannot forget it's also Pride Month, but it's also Black Music Month. And, you know, this is a time when we can really look back and we can honor the people that have given us music. We can appreciate, you know, because music has changed so much. But when it comes to Black music, Black music has always been a, a, a center point, you know, Um, that's one of the reasons why we did this show, because, you know, our music is so vast and so many different genres, whether it's rock, whether it's R&B, whether it's country, you know, um, it's, it's just important for us to recognize that. So, you know, make sure you tell your friends about it. Make sure, you know, you celebrate by listening to old and new music. What's, what's some of your old, like favorite songs that you go to? Angie, when you, you know, when you want to just chill out? Well, you know, my family, we are avid record collectors. And so when I was little, the summertime project was to wax all of my mom's 45s. And now it looks like not a lot, but I'm sure she had like 145s of stylistics, the Delphonics, the Shy Lights. My mom was a huge Commodores fan and every, um, Every year that Lionel Richie put out an album, she would get a Lionel Richie album for Christmas. And so one of my favorite, I mean, there's so many, but um, Jesus is Love. 
Oh yeah. Is a favorite. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite. It's not a chill out kickback song, but it's one of those that makes you stop and really just absorb life, absorb yeah. the moment. And um President Jimmy Carter designated June as Black Music Month. It wasn't until which, 2000 when the presidential proclamation for the month was signed. Hmm. But the thing is, the thing is, is we shouldn't have to have Black Music Month. Everybody knows. I'm sorry. Probably a lot of people don't know. Black music is the root, the genesis of all daggone music. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Elvis took from who? He didn't take from other white artists. He didn't take from Christian rock or gospel. He took from us. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked in a rock radio. My first real radio job on the air was at a classic rock station. I was playing Led Zeppelin straight up. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Stay away to heaven. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we would do the retrospectives where we would look back at the black artists that Zeppelin and all those guys took their riffs and took their stuff from. And so even these days, there used to be feel, feel like country was so far away from R&B music that you couldn't get further. But the truth is now, especially if you listen to country music, you might as well be listening to Drake because it's so yeah. it's so much like pop R&B that right. um i don't they, know they they intertwine and that's the thing it's not just about music you know um african black music is is a part of the american history i mean whether you look at you, the civil rights movement how big uh, a part that black music played it's the beats and the sounds the genre you know it, it's all in in infused in rock and soul and gospel and bebop you know, um, and I, if you watch like Cadillac Records, which is a, that's a great movie to watch if you want to celebrate Black Music Month. It stars um, like Beyonce and um, Jeffrey Ooh, Wright, nice. and he plays uh, Muddy Waters and she's Etta James. And it talks about Cadillac Records and it really does. It shows how, you know, the Rolling Stones, they knew that they took those black influences so waters yeah and so once there they became like lesser known or less famous the rolling stones took muddy and them out on the road with them and let them open so that they could make money in europe which goes kind of back to what tina turner tina turner left the united states and she went to europe because she was at one point the the top performer in Europe. Now you have Afrobeats. I was going to say that. I'm so (laughs) glad that Afrobeats is finally in the U.S. in a major way and on the charts and the Grammys are like forced to reckon with it because, you know, now they have like an Afrobeats Grammy and acknowledgement for the genre. And I think that's wonderful that that it's come out of, you know, that has finally come around and is making money and is making the charts here in the U.S. Definitely. There are a lot of great concerts 
um, that are happening and a lot of great performers, you know, I mean, of course we have the, the ever loving Beyonce, who's going to be out. Um, but you have still the Janet, old heads. Janet, you have Janet, Janet. you have Gladys I got my Knight. tickets. I got my tickets. <laughs> you got Lionel Richie, you got Patti LaBelle, um, you know, you've got this whole, you got Lauren Hill is even showing up. She's showing up at festivals. Oh, is she? Stuff. Yeah. They On just, time? The Roots did a, a wonderful festival in um, May and probably this will be the last time we'll ever see them together. She brought on Wyclef and um, Paz, the other member, and he's having you know, legal yeah. issues. So that will probably be the last time that we see them together. But um, even she's, you know, coming out and performing. Of course, our girl Mary J. Blige, you know, it's just black music is always here. It's here to stay. It's a wonderful gift to you don't have to be black to enjoy it. It's just there. So, <laughs> you know, it's Cafe Mocha. Happy Black Music Month. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. We are proud to introduce the couple. <laughs> One half of Slutty Vegan with a side order of Big Dave's cheesesteaks. Please welcome Pinky Cole and Derek Hayes to Cafe Mocha. Welcome, happy newlyweds. The newly married. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, we're so excited. We're in such a great space, man. It's just life has been lifing in all the right ways, so we're just so happy about it. You know, I want to know, how did thank you two meet? She slid in the DM. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is that true? I, I, I did slide in his DMs. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Um, I slid in his DMs, but it was for the right reasons, right? So um, when George Floyd um, was murdered, rest in peace to him, uh, Derek had um, someone who bust the windows out of his uh, restaurant. And I reached out to him and I asked him if he needed some community assistance. And of course, pridefully, he said no, um, but he had heard a lot about me and he wanted to connect um, just as community leaders in the city. And then we connected at my favorite vegan restaurant. Um, and it was like, it was love at first sight. And we've yeah. been inseparable ever since. Oh, my God. That is so sweet. <laughs> Every time I hear it, it sounds good. Every time. Listen, that was his first time eating vegan food. So he couldn't even stomach the on food. I said, oh, Lord, we're going to have a time with this one. But, you know, I, I didn't even realize that I was walking in to meet my soulmate. But I'm so happy that I did. Oh, I think I did when I was sitting at the table because I'm like, damn, this is a reflection of me. I never met nobody in my life that thinks and dreams the way that I do. And you was right there. So I'm like, this got to be it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so let me ask you about that thinking and dreaming like I do. Um, having that sort of connection. Does it is. Do you guys inspire each other professionally? I mean, are you dreaming together in that way? All the time. All the time, <laughs> it's all the time thing. And it's, and it's natural. It's not like, you know, where it might irritate one person because they dream so big or they're always talking about their career. And you're like, all right, give it a break. We don't have those problems because we got the same wants. We got the same dreams. We want the same end goal. 
And, mm-hmm. and our mindset, we, we are aligned, right? So, like, if Derek tell me right now, like, you know what, I want to build a spaceship and I want to go to the moon. I'm like, all right, come on. How are we going to do it? Let's figure it out. <laughs> it, it's never one of those that ain't going to work kind of planes, right? Mm-hmm. And we encourage each other, especially because we're in the same industry. So mm-hmm. we can sit and talk about cost of goods and, like, um, and supply chain issues and we understand each other. That's like our love language. You know, in relationships, people have their different love languages. Do y'all remember, <laughs> do y'all remember, on, do y'all remember on Going in 60 Seconds when they was about to steal a car and it was him and Angela uh, Jolie was in the car and they were talking about the cars while they was about to make out. That's pretty much how our relationship is. When we start talking about business, <laughs> that's our turn on. Okay. <laughs> I love it. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Derek Hayes from Big Dave's Cheese Steaks and Pinky Cole from Slutty Vegan. Um, newlyweds talking about their love. You know, when we talk about love and we talk about business and being black, um, how do you guys handle that? Because as you said, you know, because of the whole George Floyd incident, you know, you guys are are in the community, you're doing things, but how do you handle the stress and still keep that love going? I'll be totally transparent. It is stressful, right? You know, not only are we community leaders, we still got to be restaurateurs. Mm -hmm. We now become therapists. Um, in our businesses, role models, role models. We're not just operating like we're not just selling products. There are people that really look up to us and lean on us. So we also got to lean back into them, right, and give them what they need beyond just money. Um, and then we're also parents. We have children together, right? Mm. So like we're also raising a village at the same time doing all of those things. So it does get difficult. But when you have a partner that trusts and understands you just like you understand them, there's nothing that's impossible. We can conquer the world together. And that's why I think it works. Yeah. I can't say it no better. That's exactly it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And, you know, this is Father's Day weekend. Derek, happy Father's Day. Um, Thank you. you On your Instagram page, you say that you're a father first. And so what kind of dad are you? I think I think I'm like a, a fun dad. I'm the type of dad that cares a lot about the ones of his kids. But also to be total transparent, I'm going through a certain thing being a father because I travel a lot. I work so mm-hmm. hard. So I try to be there for all the moments. And sometimes I do get down because I feel like I could do better when I'm a damn great father now. But I think that's why I hold myself accountable for so many things that level me up in life because I'm hard on my own self with anybody having to do that. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of it, I had a good father that was always there for me, the way he raised me from, you know, taking me fishing and just giving me advice and putting that time in with me every day. I know how to be a father versus just being somebody to make kids. And that's two different things. Right. And for me right now, I lost my father on July 6, 2009. And my son was born July 6, 2022, my mm. first and only son that I have. Um, and that's a blessing to me because on that day now, that was my worst day of my life. Now that's the best day of my life because yeah. I get to look at my son through my father. And when he was born, I had to get used to having a son because I always had girls. So it was a thing <laughs> that was like, you know, damn, I really got a son. God, you really gave this person to me. The, the hardest thing I had to shake on this day came on this day back to me. So I think that God sees what I'm doing out here in the world and he gave me my reward back. That is beautiful. And Pinky, how is it? Um, do you call yourself a stepmom, a bonus mom, you know, and how do you deal with blended I'm families? I'm the hot mom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the hot mom. Uh, um, you know, they my babies. Mm. You know, now that we're married, they're my babies. They no steps. 
Right. That's right. O- o- only thing that you hear when you hear step is going up the steps. That's it. Ain't no step. They're my babies. <laughs> because what w- was his is mine. And he loves his older two daughters. And we're in Dallas. And I love them just the same. Um, so it's cool to be able to have a big family, right? Like mm-hmm. we are like the Brady Bunch over here. Um, and everybody has their own personality, which is cool. I don't know if y'all know this, but we got an 11 month old um, and a 22 month old. So wow. <laughs> we got, we got young kids. We got kids, kids, right? So to be able to see them evolve and, and, and actually I'm pregnant now, Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I know. We're crazy. Um, so we're going to have three under three. Um, but just to see our children evolve um, and just be great stewards and offsprings of everything that we build. Just, it's just so exciting. I'm excited about what they're going to be when they get older. Oh, my goodness. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Pinky Cole of Slutty Vegan. Derek Hayes of Big Dave's Cheese Steaks. Um, power couple, just married, two little ones and one on the way. Blended family is Father's Day weekend. And, you know, the thing I want to know, Derek, is why is it that we don't give dads, especially black fathers, in your opinion, the love that they deserve? Um, I think because it's a, uh, it's a traditional thing. It's like childhood trauma is like, you know, when you look at the uh, black communities, lower income communities, you always see one person in the household, mother raising five kids, dad might have been incarcerated or something may happen to him, you know, in his younger days where he don't, he's not around anymore. And I think that narrative has pushed around so much that it's hard to escape it. But right now, I think since we have social media, it's showing um, the world that it is fathers out here and it is good dads out here. Mm-hmm. They just have to see it. And I think once we um, shape up that narrative, Everybody will see that, you know, it is not just one at one percent or two percent out of every community where you got uh, a mother and a father in a, in, a, in a household. You now see that this is normal. This is actually happening in America. I just think that that narrative has been told on black families for too long. Definitely. Do you have any advice for dads out there on balancing and having the business and having a beautiful wife and y'all growing family? Any advice? Um, the one thing I can say is just know that long as you're giving it your all inside yourself and you can you can live with that and sleep with that at night, I would say that that's the right thing to do because sometimes we're too hard on ourselves trying to trying to be everything, superhero for the family, being an octopus with our hands and so many different things. Mm-hmm. We miss out some of the moments that we can't get back. So if you can sleep with that, that you know that you're doing the best that you could do with your family and providing for them, caring for them, loving for them, then you've got a good life and you shouldn't stress yourself out whether you're a good father or not. And Pinky, how are you going to celebrate Father's Day for Derek? I celebrate Father's Day for Derek every day. Right? <laughs> it ain't just one day that we celebrate, okay? We do that 365 days a year. Her day. And, well, well, she's a good woman. She 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 treats me uh, really good. I think, um, honestly, she has that, uh, that old school love in her. So like I make his plates. Okay. Anytime he eat, I'm making his plate. Ain't no paper plates over here. Okay. <laughs> um, but, um, 
you know, I, I, I grew up and my father did 22 years in prison. So like, wow. I've never seen an idea of marriage. I've never seen people in committed relationships on a consistent basis. So a lot of this is a lot newer to me, but what I did see is loyalty and commitment um, to things that you believe in. And I believe in Derek, right? Beyond him just being an entrepreneur as a human being. And because I believe in him, um, I'm willing to submit to him because I respect him. Um, and I, I just love him that much. I love his essence and his being. So um, I'm excited to be able to cater to him uh, as my husband and as a father of our children. And I'll tell you this, I didn't even realize that I could have kids. The doctor told me it was going to be difficult because I had fibroids. And now here I can't stop getting pregnant. So (laughs) to to honor him as a father is a joy to me because he gave me um, three of God's greatest gifts. And that's my children. Now, when it comes to what's on that plate, Pinky, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to ask you flat out because my mom's a vegetarian. Do you guys have meat dishes and uh, vegetarian dishes in the sense that you're not allowed to put meat on the plates with the vegetarian eats off of and not allowed to put meat in pans that vegetarians (laughs) eat in? Because that's the way my mother is. Do not put you cannot cook meat in a pan that she cooks her vegetables in is it is the house divided up like that or have you guys found no. a way to blend the cheese steaks and the vegan knees yeah so so we created a concept called um bar vegan and we sell Derek's vegan cheese steaks so we have found compromise in so many ways oh. um but it it is a house divided but it's not a contentious divided house right so mm-hmm. like I'll even cook for him. I don't eat meat. I haven't eaten meat since 2007, mm. but I know how to cook. So I can season food without tasting it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'll cook for him. There's, you know, we have a village. So my mother lives with us. Um, his grandmother lives with us mm. um, and family members come in and out. So we have a big family. I'm the only person in the house that is actually vegan, me and my daughter. Mm. Uh, my 10 month old, Derek insisted that he at least eat fish. So so I conceded and let him do that. Um, but um, when, when we make food, we just separate everything and we use bleach. We clean the pan, the pots and pans really clean, but we respect each other's boundaries. Like he's not eating um, a piece of chicken and I'm like, ew, what's that? Right. Like right. I respect how, how, how his dietary lifestyle is and he respects mine. Um, what he does do differently uh, more than he did before is he's a lot healthier now since we got together, which I can mm-hmm. appreciate. Um, so I'm excited about that. But like, we always eating good over here. My family is Jamaican, so we always got a lot of good food over here. So it just works out for us really well. I love it. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Pinky Cole from Slutty Vegan and Derek Hayes from Big Dave's Cheese Steaks. Uh, real quick, Pinky, how are things going with the Slutty Vegan? Slutty Vegan is doing consistently well. It's funny. I was just, I did um, uh, a, a keynote at Black Enterprise. And the question was about elevation and evolution in business. And when you're scaling a business, like, what does that look like? And the hardest thing that I've ever had to do was scale a business, because while my business is super popular and it's doing extremely well, it's a very healthy business. What happens when you get evolution and elevation, right? There Mm -hmm. are going to be some elements (laughs) that will come in place that will try to deter you from achieving the ultimate dream. Um, but outside of the, the elements that will not stop my business, business is great. I just opened up my location in Dallas, my 11th location. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing extremely well. We still got lines down the block. People still love the business. Um, and, and we're just finding ways to get better. Like as we grow, we're like, my business is almost five years old, y'all. Right. Yes. So 
you know, in five years, it's like going through the stages of a baby. The baby got to learn how to walk. The baby got to learn how to talk. Now the baby is in a stage just trying to identify who it is as as an entity, an individual, right? And that's where Slutty Vegan is right now. But it's such a beautiful space because mm-hmm. to know that I've been able to build something that, that people look at beyond just a restaurant, but more so a lifestyle brand is really a powerful thing, um, especially because of the change that we make in the community. So I'm happy. Slutty Vegan is booming. That's right. And Derek, tell us about the Big Dave's Cheese Steaks. So I got three in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium right now. And that's one of the highest grossing in the um, in the Benz. But this is my scaling year. I now just opened up my new location last month. That's in Jonesboro Road in Forest Park. Next month, my location will be open in Lawrenceville, Gwinnett County. Can't, get, can't wait. And then my first out-of-state store I just introduced a few weeks ago it's going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. All right. So this, this is on its way. That'll be my ninth location by then. And I think, you know, between the both of us, I'm able to see um, the ups, the downs, the, the the mistakes, the roller coaster rides, but I'm, we're able to weather, weather through it. And I think right now, and that's what the blessing is, is that the person beside me is doing the same thing I'm doing because she's already left the state. So now I know how to leave the state. So that's the blessing for me through this whole thing but and i also got the best sandwich in the world so that's the other thing <laughs> that's right I, I can't wait to taste it you know pinky i always love you um you've always been this great role model and Derek, it's so nice to meet you congratulations on everything all the success the family and again Derek, happy father's day thank you for joining us thank on you. cafe mocha and i appreciate that thank you thank, thank you guys Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's great. Slutty Vegan is a Black-owned vegan spot that started in Atlanta, now has locations in New York and Texas. Derek Hayes, owner of Big Dave's Cheese Steaks, with multiple locations around the Atlanta area and expanding. We're at Cafe Mocha Radio. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Ed- is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. 
with quality over quantity from concept to completion. Now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. It's Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha. Angelique along with Lonnie Love and Yo-Yo on the line. I believe it's the first time ever. Have we had you on before, Mesa? <laughs> no. I don't remember. <laughs> well, welcome no. to Cafe oh, Mocha. Thank you, honey. I, did, I got an award for Cafe Mocha years ago, but um, I, I don't That's think I've right. that. I can remember that. <laughs> you sure did. And you're best friends with our friend of the show, April Ryan. Um, oh, right. You guys went to uh, Morgan State together. So welcome. Welcome mm-hmm. back to the show. You, you have so a new much. album called Music for Your Souls. Tell us mm-hmm. about this new album. What can we expect? Wow. This album is a labor of love in my life. I finally uh, decided to run my own record company and put all my music out on my own label. This is my 14th solo album. And uh, it's a 19 song long playing record like the old days. Double album. Songs. <laughs> Double album. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a lot so, of my uh, colleagues were saying not to put out, uh, they told me not to do that, just put out EPs, but I'm not into EPs. I want something that's long last. So you can clean your house, you can drive long distances, you can just zone out for a long time. You know, it's just it's only an hour and a half, but it's such, it's full of great, really great songs. And, 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 and uh, it, it's my love letter to everybody. Oh, wow. out here an hour and a half. You you don't get to the freeway out here <laughs> right? in traffic. Where you from? Where you from, Mesa? I'm from Baltimore. Okay, right. That's where you know April from, right? You guys are home. Right, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. you know, I want to know. Yeah. I want to know because explain to the listeners the importance of having your own record label versus being signed to another, like to a, a Atlantic Records or something like that? Well, uh, owning the record label means that all the money goes to my account, period. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it really means. That it's, it's basically <laughs> that to have the ownership of all of my music, that means that, if, so for instance, if my music goes to a, if somebody gets a, wants to, to sync it for a movie, um, you know, I get, I get the rights to, I get, I have the right to, you know, to put in the movie or not, or how much I can charge, all these different things. So it's like, instead of getting something trickled down to me, like a little bit of a royalty from, you know, them owning my music, I get, I own it all. And so I get all the royalties and all the perks of, of ownership. So you have to, but you cover the cost of like the initials, the studio all right. recording. Okay. Oh yeah. I, I cover it. everything. So I have to pay everything so that so the investment in myself, which I was doing anyway, I was doing a lot of investing in myself, but I didn't think that the needle was moving in my career too much. And, and I and I just wanted to I figured if they weren't gonna, you know, do anything like any publicity or marketing or anything, I might as well own the music. Why would I just let them do that and not own it too? So I thought I'd do the do the best I can on my own and uh get it as far as I, as far as I can. But you know, we'll see. I'm I'm excited about it. I think that I've worked up in the last 32 years of being in the industry that I've developed a, a pretty good reputation. And I think um, the people who have been listening to my music will support this record. This is your first album solo with your own label. With my own label, yeah. I've done I've done 13 albums with uh, as an independent artist with other labels, uh, but this is my first one um, on my own label, my first full album, I should say. 
Did you find it difficult to reach out and get the support that you needed from the relationships with building your first label? Um, was there's it some smooth? that have been a little difficult. Some, you know, a lot of people, um, I don't know. I, I think they already want you to be uh, at a certain level before they want to help you. You know what I'm saying? It's, I've, I've noticed that in people. I've noticed that people have always, you know, I don't know. I think it's it's all it's, a lot has to do with money. To be honest with you, whatever I can put up, you need to put up or shut up in this business, really. So you know that's a that's a big deal. But even with relationships of people I've had, it seems to be a little bit difficult to get things going in that area too. But I've just I want to keep going. And my mother told me when I was a little girl. She said, "Mesa, keep going till you go till you get where you want to go." And that's and I've been living that my whole life. So I'm gonna keep pushing. You know, you started out um, uh, Stevie Wonder. Uh, you were singing yeah. back up with him. Tell us about yeah. that. How how did that come to be? <laughs> well, I was at Morgan State University my last year, and Stevie would come every year to do a Martin Luther King celebration with the Morgan State University Choir. And one of my best friends, Kim Brewer, was already singing with him. She had gone to California a year prior, and she was already singing in Wonder Love. And she asked him, um, when I graduate, could I please come out, you know, come out to California with him and, and sing, you know, in Wonder Love? And uh, so they auditioned me, like, right after the, that concert we had. And I passed the audition. But I asked Steve, I said, Steve, I got just one year left. I want to hand my parents my degree. And then I'll come out there and start living what I want to do. <laughs> and so that's what I did. And a year later, as soon as I graduated, I literally called the day I graduated and said, look, I'm ready. And, um, and, and then, so that's why, um, that's why he, he uh, they told me to come on out there. And I uh, sang background on my first professional gig was singing background on these three words on the Jungle Fever project. Okay. Yeah. I and I sang song. several other songs on that album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so it's so ironic that um, the first single that I released from my new album, uh, I released it last year on Valentine's Day, a double single called uh, Make Sure You're Sure, which is from that soundtrack. I remade that. And then I did a, a R&B song called Just Stay. So and it did doing very well. All my singles are. Well, did you learn anything in that process uh, with Stevie recording with him? Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. Because, I, I mean, I was a nervous record. You know, you come out to California and, you know, you don't know uh, anyone except I knew one person out there. And, and so and being in Wonder Love, you know, they're, they're seasoned veterans, you know, and they who's this newbie kind of coming in. So I had to learn how to deal with that and deal with them. Um, but it was such a great time. We did all this. We would tour with Spike Lee to do all the TV shows uh, to promote the music and the, and the movie. So I had the best time with that. And it was, that was short-lived. It was only uh, about six, seven months. And then Stevie went on a big Brazilian tour where he took all the older, older singers. And so I had to get a job. I had to get several jobs to survive out in L.A. And that's how I um, met a producer uh, named Stephen Harvey, who's a drummer from Scotland. And he happened to be best friends with Bluey, the lead uh, producer and writer for Incognito. And so uh, he, told, he called me one day and said, Mesa, I, I got a gig for you. It's in England, though. Would you like to try it out for it? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I just didn't want to go back home. I, I felt like I would you know, have failed if I had gone back home. So uh, I, Bluey called me one day. I, was, I got off work early, and uh, Bluey called me one day, and he said, um, we talked about music and everything, and, and I sang a little bit to him on the, on the phone. And the next day, his manager said, we don't, I don't know what you sang to Bluey, but you got the gig. We're going to fly to England. So two weeks later, they flew me to uh, London, and I, uh, I, I, I stayed up there for four and a half years, and I recorded uh, uh, Tribes, Vibes, and Scribes and uh, the album Positivity that has Deep Waters on it. Mm -hmm. That really started my whole career. 
And uh, and then the, the way I got my solo deal is that I I was with Incognito at the New York Street Jazz Festival. The show was over, and this man walked to me up to me, and he said, "Mason, would you like to start your solo career?" His name is Carl Griffin from GRP Records. So that's how I got my first solo record deal. Wow! Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. The Espresso is brought to you by Essence Festival of Culture, presented by Coca-Cola. New Orleans, June 29th through July 3rd. This is The Espresso. Trump was in court this week for lying and scheming to keep classified documents. Presidential wannabe Chris Christie is one of the few Republicans to tell the truth. These are all self-inflicted wounds. Return the documents and stop doing this. Why do you have to be the center of negative attention all the time? Why do you have to be angry all the time? Meanwhile, students at Florida A&M are suing the state of Florida. And a lot of what you see is in terms of, uh, you know, FAMU being a land grant institution, is that the federal government offers a a portion and the state is supposed to match. And often with land grant institutions like FAMU uh, throughout the country, the states don't do that. You saw, you see with Tennessee State and the hundreds of millions of dollars the state owes them there. And in theaters this weekend, Sinqua Walls in the horror comedy, The Blackening. This is a movie where you sat in the theater and heard people yell at the screen what they would do to stay alive. And in this movie, everything that people say they would do, we do to try to figure out how we can survive. That's the espresso. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. We're talking to the wonderful singer Mesa. Her new album, Music for Your Soul. The latest single is I Don't Mind. What you don't mind, Mesa? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This song is so cool. It's it's about, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a fantasy song for me right now. It's about meeting the love of your life finally after waiting a long time. And um, even though he's a bit unconventional, you still, it's, it, the love is unconditional. And that's what the song is about. Hmm. Now, do you write your own songs? <laughs> I do. I did. I, did. I wrote a little bit of this one, but mostly Bluey from Incognito wrote it. My music director wrote this one. But I've written a lot of my songs over my career. I mean, a lot. My discography is, is extensive of this last 32 years. Um, and uh, a lot of people tease me with saying, well, who would you do a versus with? And I'm like, I, my, my catalog is so crazy. You know, and I might not be out there like a lot of uh, other artists, but still got the catalog. 32 years, how have you kept yourself um, alive in this just, industry? Just by working hard. I haven't had to do anything else. I keep trying to tell these young kids, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to compromise your morals not one day. You don't have to do anything but work hard, be professional, um, be yourself, hone your craft, get some good, uh, uh, somebody to back you up, a good attorney. And, and, and enroll and, and do social media because social media is just like, you know, it's just a big thing right now. So, you know, do as much social media as you can. And, and you know, that's the way I, I mean, that's where I've survived all this time. Uh, it's just by working hard. Yeah, but they want to be overnight celebrities. They want to. Right, they wanna, right. They and ain't trying to work like hard a, and learn right. their craft. Get out of here. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> right, I understand that, but. That's the way you get the longevity. I prayed for longevity when I was a 12-year-old kid on my parents' basement floor with headphones, listening to albums. Like, God, how am I going to? I want to get to the place where my name is in life. It's, so, it's ironic that last night I was at Soundboard and at Motor City Casino last night in Detroit. And mm-hmm. um, I see that we, Lonnie, we, we are, our pictures are right next to each other on the on the big board there. Big oh, wow. That's uh, great. Day. Yeah, that's so funny. And then, then I walk downstairs to get ready to leave to go um, back to my room, and they have a huge billboard with my face on it. And I literally cried. I was like, like, wow, this is like, it still blows my mind that 
people are coming out to pay and paying money for me to sing and to hear me sing and, and buying my records and buying my t-shirts and, and just, you know, coming on my Macy's Kitchen karaoke on Sunday nights and, they, you know, and, and, you know, it's just an amazing thing. Well, you know, you are, um, are so deserving of it, Mesa. Before we let you go, you have to tell us the story about the birth of your son, Jazz, oh, wow. who is an yeah. adult now. But but yeah. I just want people to know what you go through as a as a <laughs> artist. <laughs> right. So that drama, I mean, I've had many dramas on the road, but the, the main one was when I was on tour with Incognito. Um, we had a, a world tour. I went over for rehearsals and my son's father, the man that Deep Waters is about, uh, acted like I was the last woman on the face of the earth. Like he was, uh, he was so in love with me. So we, I kind of rekindled our relationship and um, and I became pregnant. And so I, the whole tour, I was literally sick, the whole tour. Every every city we went to, I had to rush, they rushed me to the hospital because something was going on with, with jazz. And um, we finally, they they cleared me to do one more tour and that was in Japan. We had Fukuoka, Osaka, and Tokyo. And everything was fine the first week, but then we got to Osaka and the third day in, um, my water started breaking, like in the small increments. It wasn't like the on the big dramatic thing like they do on TV, but all in real life. But it was just like a little bit at a time. So I kept taking Tylenol and taking hot baths every night, thinking I just the pain would go away. I didn't realize I was in labor because I just wasn't no. home. To, you know, I wasn't home, and so I, I was like, it's just I can't be having my baby in Japan. It's not going to happen. So I just kept trying to deal with it. And I knew that if I got to Tokyo where they speak more English, I thought I could be able to better communicate. And um, so I was trying to get to Tokyo, but the morning we were leaving, uh, Bluey looked in my face. He said, I'm going to call an ambulance. You don't look so good. And so they did. And my son was born that night, two pounds uh, and at 25 weeks. And so it was it was uh, it was an experience that was beautiful and horrible all at the same time. But it was uh, <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> It was interesting, hey, but good and bad at the same time. I can imagine that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was crazy. And um, so we, you know, we we got through that. My son is, uh, they, you know, they tried to tell me that things were going to be wrong with my son, and he wasn't going to speak or or eat on his own or walk or you know that kind of thing. And I was like, oh no, he's fine. And I called his, his godfather, and I said, I said they're telling me all these things. He said, tell those people that Jazz is fine. And I kept so I, when I went to these meetings with them, I kept saying, Jazz is fine. Oh, he's fine. He's fine. My son is fine. And so they were looking at me like, okay, she's having a nervous breakdown. Let's just let her go home. So it was interesting. I had to go back to Baltimore and leave him there until he gained enough weight to get on the airplane. Mm. I couldn't afford to stay in, in, in Japan. So it was, that was probably the most devastating part of it. I, I had to leave my baby in a foreign country. And so and I was so far away, you know, and it, it was devastating to me. And I, you know, I, I had to keep faith going and I had to, you know, didn't want to question God, but I was just wondering, like, why would you do this? Like, why did, why did this happen? But in the, in the outcome of it all, and my son is healthy and strong and a college graduate and a photographer and a videographer and one of the most beautiful human beings on the face of this earth. So I'm very grateful. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Who, who watched him? Like, the, the, the hospital would just communicate yeah, with Oh, yes. Yeah, really, yeah, I did. I called the hospital. My, my phone bill back in, the, in 1999 was... That phone bill for the two and a half months he was there was over for four or five thousand dollars. I kept, I called literally every day. I talked to the doctors every day, and I was just you know I kept like saying, "Can you put the phone next to him?" They they said, like, "We don't have a phone to go to the bathroom." No, no, the, the NICU. But I just wanted to hear his breathing. I wanted like I was just so difficult to be away from him. It was it was crazy. But yeah, because um, back then we didn't have back. cell phones, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we didn't have cell phones. Yeah, new technology. <laughs> wow, uh-huh. we didn't even have FaceTime. We didn't have none of no, that no back FaceTime then. No, no FaceTime at all. You know, wow. That was you know, when I had to work, that was one of the most beautiful things. My mom, my 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 mom, she really was an angel walking the earth. She really she took care of my son, helped raise my son, and so when I was on the road, when FaceTime was developed, we that was a way for me to communicate and help even raise my son from the road. You know, I had to, you know, I was able to talk to him, you know, and, uh, you know, reprimand him when I needed to, it was all that. We we had that, you know, and so, and that's how we spend time together too. It's wow. amazing. The album is called Music for Your Soul. How can we keep yes. in touch with you, Mesa, on your socials? Um, Mesa.com. And then all my socials are linked below. Uh, if you scroll down a little bit, all my socials, the page to my Facebook page, every, all my official stuff, all my official stuff is on that on that page. So Mesa.com will have all my information about the album and pre-sales and all that kind of stuff soon, coming up soon. Thank well, you for thank stopping you. by. No, thank y'all so much for having me. I appreciate this so much. No problem. If you miss any part of the show, just subscribe to the podcast by going to Cafe Mocha Radio, clicking subscribe, or go to mochapodcastnetwork.com. That's mochapodcastnetwork.com. Until next time, you know where to find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Ed- is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective.